Hey guys, and welcome back to the Feenstra Zoo. My name is Spencer Feenstra, the host and creator of the zoo. I'm here just to talk to you about things that are on my mind and on my heart. I hope you'll enjoy the show. If you do, please check us out on all social medias at The Feenstra Zoo. Thanks, guys. Hope you enjoy the show. Hey guys, I just want to take a minute here to talk about Anchor. If you don't know what Anchor is, it is where I actually make my podcast. It is the easiest way to get started in podcasting. They've made everything super simple. They have recording software right on their app or online as well. They distribute your podcast for you. Um, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, anywhere almost anywhere that you can listen to a podcast. These guys have spread my name out there for me. They made it super simple. You can record right to the app or online. You guys, if, you, if you're even remotely interested in starting a podcast, this is the way to go. Okay, go to anchor.fm. So that's A-N-C-H-O-R dot F-M. And you can get started. Here's the cool thing. You can actually make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. You don't have to have your name out there with 100,000 people before you can start making money. They've actually sponsored me to put the spot in here. And guess what? I'm making a couple bucks. It's turning this from a hobby into a potential career for me. So if you care to, if you're interested at all, Go to anchor.fm or download the Anchor app to get started. Hey everyone, just before we jump in here, just a little bit of housekeeping. If you're not a follower on my social medias, find me at the the Feenstra Zoo on Facebook, Instagram, or if you're on Twitter, Spencer Feenstra. Um, Come check me out. I try to share fun content. I promote all the shows when they go live. So please give me a follow and it's the best way to reach back to me, make this a conversation and then I can make the shows more engaging, more entertaining and fine tune them to what you guys actually want to listen to. So come find me at the Feenstra zoo on Instagram or Facebook or find me at Spencer Feenstra on Twitter. Good day, everyone, and welcome back to the Feenstra Zoo. And for everyone who it applies to today, happy Father's Day. This is what this whole episode is actually going to be about. Fathers. Good men. Men who work more than a 9 to 5. The men who are crushing it, holding down their jobs, and holding up their families. Today, I want to celebrate not just these men, but the good men in your lives as well. If you want to share a story or have me give your father a shout out on the next episode, please reach out on social media, share a moment or a story with me about the man in your life so I can celebrate him with you. Now something I've learned over 
past 29 years in my life is that it only takes one man just a few moments to change someone's life forever. I count myself incredibly lucky and insanely grateful to have crossed paths with so many great men in my life, each forming a piece of me and part of my story. Mentors, pastors, brothers, friends, and of course, my father. Perhaps too many men to mention in one episode, so I'm going to focus and talk about just a few of them. The first man I want to talk about is a man I like to call my papa, my dad. His name is Raymond Feenstra. I owe so much to my dad. This man sacrificed so much of his own life to give myself and my brothers everything growing up. My dad worked harder than any person I've ever known. Even back when I was a kid, he worked extremely long hours. He gave up time at home, time with his family, time with his wife, all in the name of giving his sons, my brothers and myself, a better life. This is the example my dad set for me. He taught me that my family comes first, and it's my duty as a husband and a father to take care of my wife and children and put them before myself. I mean, when Tinsley was first born, I finally realized why my dad worked so hard and sacrificed so much. After Tinsley was born, I realized that what I wanted in life didn't matter so much anymore. I wanted my daughter and my wife to have the best life possible. It was time to put aside my dreams of being a firefighter, to step up, and to provide for these women. It dawns on me that I've never actually talked about my dad on here before. Mostly because he lives about a day's drive away from me, and I don't get to see him hardly at all. Not near as much as I would like to. And don't get me wrong, like I... Do love him and wish he was in my wife, my life and my family's life way more. Dad, if you're listening, please call more and I'll do the same. Here's what I have planned for my Father's Day episode today. I want to share my favorite memory or story from these men. Men who have shaped me into the man I am today. So, Dad, here's my favorite memory with you. When I was maybe nine years old, my family used to go camping at this little place called Beaver Mines, southwest of Pincher Creek back in Alberta. I credit this place and this particular camping trip with learning how to fish and how basically why I still love it today. I remember we walked down this path. I was carrying my fishing rod, which was my dad's fishing rod, and we came to this clearing by the water. My dad opened his big gray tackle box 
and help my three older brothers pick uh, pick their lure and their bait. And then it finally came to my turn. My dad helped me pick the right lure. And this was no easy feat. It was always so much fun to go into my dad's tackle box. Uh, It has always been this big gray box that was filled to the brim with lures, baits, fishing line, knives. To say there was a lot of options would be an understatement. Any angler worth his weight could get lost in this tackle box. And as a kid, it was no different for me. So he finally helped me pick the right one, showed me how to tie my fishing line, how to bait a hook. At this time, I believe it was a little mini, like the fun colored marshmallows. I'm pretty sure that's what we used. And if I remember correctly, we're fishing for rainbow trout, but I could be wrong on that. After what I felt was all day, but was probably just an hour. I finally got a fish on my line. I got it to shore. It was maybe six inches long, but my dad made me feel like I broke a world record. He made me feel like I was 10 feet tall. One of the few perfect moments where I was holding my dad's attention 100%. It's nothing against my dad. Really, it's just I have three older brothers, and we all require my dad's attention. And with my dad working as hard as he did and still does, and putting in the long hours that he still does, he only had so many hours to give us all. Like I said, there's four boys. So where when we got time is usually shared, which was great, and I loved every minute that I got. But moments or days like this where, you know, these are why I'm still a fan of fishing. Heck, it's why I'm sure why we're all still fans of fishing or hunting or camping. Things like this are shared by my brothers, shared by my whole family. And I'm sure it's because we all have a moment like this where my dad made us feel 10 feet tall. There's another time when I was maybe 14 my dad came and picked me up in his Ford Bronco. He wanted to teach me how to drive a standard vehicle. I'd tried before with one of my brother's cars, but with no success. It was really a a rite of passage to learn how to drive standard, especially with my dad. We started by driving around the roads in my hometown. Now, my hometown is this tiny little town. It's called Nobleford back in southern Alberta. When I lived there, there was maybe a thousand people if you included all of the surrounding farms. It was the kind of town that if you blink when you're driving, you miss the whole town. So we started there, drove around till I kind of got the hang of starting and stopping. And my dad told me it's time to drive into the nearest city, which was Lethbridge. We drove around all day. He had me stop at stores and run errands that I'm sure he made up, but it didn't matter. By the end of the day, I was driving standard. It was second nature to me. I can still do it to this day, even though I don't have a standard car anymore. 
This is one of many lessons that my dad taught me. He had so many practical life skills, and most, if not all of these, were great memories and one-on-one -on -one time just for my dad and I. I can't tell you how much these moments meant to me to feel like a giant standing in front of my dad. Dad, I love you and thank you. The second great man I want to celebrate today is my father-in-law, Mike. He's one of the best influences I've had in my adult life. He's shown me how to be a father to daughters, which is no small feat. I've got three older brothers. I have very few female cousins. I'm, I come from a family very much primarily of all, all boys and men. Mike challenges me when I step out of line, and he helps me celebrate my daughters and his daughter, who happens to be my wife. I have a couple of really great memories with this man, and I'd love to share them with you. The first one was only days after Shalane and I started dating. Mike invited me to a motorbike show in Calgary with himself and my brother-in-law. This was great for me for two reasons. First, I love motorbikes. I've owned three myself and I've ridden since I was a kid, basically since I could get my leg over one. I'm passionate about riding and I love the freedom that it grants. So going into a building filled to the brim with that freedom was very exciting and had me giddier than a schoolgirl on prom night. The second reason it was a great day for me, this was the first time I felt like Mike accepted me into his home, into his family. He invited me in, not like a son, not yet, but as a guest in his home, for at least today, his car. We spent the day walking around this convention center in Calgary, looking at shiny things that I could never afford, and eating snack foods like corn dogs and nachos. But most of all, we just talked, and we learned about each other. We became friends, for lack of a better word. This day made me feel incredibly happy. Good men, beautiful bikes, and great conversation. The other time was a time, actually it was Mike's birthday, a few years back. We went fly fishing in High River. We spent most of the day in complete silence, throwing a line into the water. That's just kind of how it is with Mike. He's a man of few words, much like my own father. But when he has something to say, you listen. Because it always means something. This day, I'm pretty sure I didn't catch a single thing. Didn't catch a fish. Heck, on a fly fishing line, I couldn't catch a cold, man. <laughs> But it was perfect. It was peaceful. It was just time on the shore, casting. Memorable. Like I said, it's Mike is just very quiet, very peaceful. A man of solitude, but very intentional. This has been part of his charm with me, and also what makes him a rather intimidating man. 
Make no mistake, I'm not actually scared of him. But every once in a while, he becomes a mountain of a man. This reminds me of how back in the day, um, back in high school, Shalane and her friends used to rank everyone's dads as how scary or intimidating they were. And Mike, for some reason, was always the number one scary dad. He held this title until Shalane's sisters hit high school, I think, or for at least four years, he was the number one scary dad. There's always this running joke of how Mike was a spy or a secret agent. This was largely due to his traveling for work, and he was overseas a lot. Perfect cover for a spy. To my recollection, he's never denied being a spy. But I won't talk any more about that. The third man I want to talk about today is my stepdad, Tito. You've heard a little bit about him before. He and my mom got married almost four years ago, and I'm incredibly happy to have him married to my mom, and incredibly happy to sh celebrate this man today. In the past four years, Tito and I have enjoyed each other's time, each other's company rather frequently, as he and my mom moved out to the west coast here not long after Shalane and I did. And nothing has been more impactful for me than Tito teaching me how to play my grandfather's guitar. After my grandpa was on my mom's side passed away, I was very grateful to receive his guitar from my mom. I always enjoyed hearing my grandpa play, usually some bluegrass gospel or country song that he was strumming. But when his hands, which were as hard as iron, working the farm as hard as he did, they touched the guitar strings, and those strings they sang. Whenever he was strumming, strumming his guitar, he was happy, and so was anyone who could hear him. So when I was given his guitar, I vowed I would learn how to play it the same. If you've known me for any length of time, you know that I am not particularly musically gifted. I learned how to sing at church, and my steering wheel and showerhead are very big fans of mine. However, I never took any opportunity to learn an instrument when I was younger. So as an adult with a rather packed schedule, I decided it was time to learn, and I tried for a while using YouTube or apps on my phone with no success. Then one Sunday evening when Tito and Mom were sitting down for a board game, he decided, he asked me if it would be okay, if he could teach me. The first time I sat down with Tito, he taught me one in, more in one evening than I learned in three months without a proper teacher. He taught me how to hold my pick, although I still drop it a lot. He taught me how to hold my guitar properly, because I was that inept. He basically told me to pick a song, and he would learn it, and then he would teach me that song and make it our starting point. So I picked a song that was deeply meaningful for both Shalane and I. It was our first dance at our wedding. 
It's Rascal Flats, God Bless the Broken Road. Not the easiest song to play, but it meant something to me. And that would cause me to push into it, lean into it, and learn. Because it meant something. So, once a week, Tito and I sit down, we play, and we learn. More importantly, we talk. Some nights, we don't even strum our guitars. We just talk. Tito has become a very good friend, very supportive of my career and my life. He helps me celebrate my highs. He helps me in consoling when I'm low. He prays for me, not just when I need it, but all the time. My best and most formative memory with Tito was just a few weeks ago. It was one of these nights where I didn't even pull my guitar out of its case. I had a rather stressful day at work. I got to Mom and Tito's place, sat down, and just vented. Just vented to Tito, and he just sat there. He listened, gave his two cents. Finally, it was his turn to share. For several hours, we just opened up to each other. He shared with me some of his past. He was very raw and honest with me, supportive but honest, where I was in the wrong, but also where I could change my attitude. No judgment. In this moment, my eyes opened up to him. My eyes opened up to why my mom loved this man so much. I've liked Tito the whole time, but it was different in this moment. In this moment, I felt like my grandfather's guitar had served its purpose. And I honored my gra my grandfather by learning how to play and bring joy by playing it. I by no means have the guitar mastered. And I can't even play a single song perfectly. But I'm still taking lessons from Tito. But my grandpa's guitar still brings joy, even with my hands on the strings. Thank you, Tito for helping the strings of that man's guitar sing again. As you guys know, I have three older brothers, all of whom have children. I have eight nieces and nephews running around. So as men who have definitely shaped my life, these men are fathers. I want you guys to know some of my favorite memories with these men. My oldest brother is Cody. He's six years older than me. So as a kid, we did not do much together. By the time I was old enough to keep up, he was already moving out, getting ready to marry his wife. Don't get me wrong, I have some great memories with him as a kid. Camping, fishing, playing sports, video games. He even gave me my first beer. It's a story for another day, though. But the best time I ever had with him was in my adult life, when I was living in Calgary. He took me golfing, and I am a slightly below average golfer, and Cody is much, much better than I am. So shortly after Shalane and I got married, we met at this golf club up in Calgary. We had a few things to clear the air on, you know, settle some grievances, but by the fourth or fifth hole, we were good, 
and just able to enjoy each other's company. We realized that even though we were not really close growing up, we became very similar men. As you would expect being in the same home, we formed many of the same values and many of the same worldviews. But we also share similar hobbies in our adult lives and similar music and food tastes. And we continued to go golfing while I lived near Calgary, and that time helped me reconnect with Cody. And I'll never forget that. Josh is my next oldest brother, about four years older than me. This man probably formed me more than anyone else in my life. As a kid, I looked up to him. Heck, I wanted to be just like him. I stole his clothes, thought even though they were huge on me, it kind of played into my persona at the time. When my parents got a divorce, he was my major male role model. Josh taught me how to shave my face, taught me how to talk to girls, introduced me to rap music and beatboxing. It's easy to see, especially in old pictures, when I wanted to be a young thug. I was Josh's little mini-me. I would follow him around. Man, like I said, I wanted to be just like him. I'd be an extremely different man without Josh's influence in my life. The best time I ever had with Josh, it was a time he needed a doctor sign-off to get his immigration paperwork to move to the United States. The closest certified doctor was in Vancouver. At the time, it was about a 19-hour drive away from Nobleford. Early one morning, he asked me if I wanted to go on a road trip. I was like, sure. So he loaded up his little Saturn, packed a cooler and a camp stove, grabbed our iPods, and drove Highway 3 out to the coast. We pumped loud music, hit each other with some of the worst freestyle rap ever said, and just wasted time. Drove the whole way. We slept in the car in this old church parking lot cooked bacon and eggs and grilled cheese on the camp stove in the morning at some random beach. I thought this was the coolest thing ever. At the time, I thought this was how life should be. Just Josh and I waking up at the ocean, spending one-on-one -on -one time with my hero. Make no mistake, Josh, you were my hero. It never dawned on me why we were there. You know, Josh getting his approval to move to a different country. But this turned out to be exactly what he needed. After he immigrated, he married the love of his life. A good woman. A great woman for him. And now they have two adorable children. So Josh, I thank you. Thank you for helping me be the man I am today. And thank you for being my hero as a kid. Last but not least, the final man I want to celebrate today is my brother Brayden. He's about two years older than me, and he is my original best friend. As a kid, he was as close to me as anyone. We did so much together being so close in age. We were on the same sports teams, had the same friend circles, went to the same youth group. Like I said, Brayden's only two years older than me. 
And heck, we shared a bedroom until I was like nine. We were almost as close as any brother or friend could be, even though he beat me up a lot. Brayden and I, we connected best when we were playing video games. It's always been that way. We never loved the same games, except for a select few, you know, Super Smash Brothers, Borderlands, Dynasty Warriors, just to name a few. The best and most formative time I had with Brayden was not a single day or a moment in time. It was about a year where Brayden and I, honestly, we skipped school. All we did that year was play video games, and I worked a couple of jobs. It may have been a year wasted, except that Brayden and I became so close. We relied on each other for everything. At the time, my mom was a live-in nanny, worked, worked away from home, down in Milk River, so south of Lethbridge. And B and I did basically whatever we wanted. We could really do anything because well, we were alone. At least that's how it seemed to us. Don't run. It's not a dig at my mom. My mom did everything she could. She was basically in survival mode. She busted her butt working so hard, doing any and every job she could to keep our home, keep our lights on, and food in the fridge. This year, this year was, or at least should have been, my grade 11 year of high school. Brayden became my confidant. I was dating a girl and saw a few other people, and my mom was home most weekends. So, this was not true isolation. It was actually anything but. However, this is how Brayden and I essentially lived for, for this whole year. This year with Brayden formed me. It forced me, rather, to grow up. Pushed me into the adult world. I worked a full-time job and a second part-time job through most of the year. I learned how to pay bills. Yeah, I skipped a whole lot of school. But I grew as a man. I didn't figure it all out at once. I was still just a kid. But slowly I was forged by fire. And Brayden was my partner for this time. Brayden, thank you. Thank you for pushing me to be who I am today. Each of these men has changed my life. Each one has made me a better man. And I cannot thank any one of these men enough. So, to my father, my father-in-law, my stepdad, and my brothers, Happy Father's Day. To your fathers, brothers, uncles, role models, and any other person who may fill these roles for you. Happy Father's Day. God bless everyone.